0: Hi, my name is Titsi and you are listening to Enterprising Families Podcast. Welcome to the world of enterprising families where we discuss the issues of governance, next gen, and looking at how families of wealth and family businesses growing into families of wealth can preserve their wealth, become better as they go forward into a new generation. everyone and welcome to Enterprise and Families and today I have a special guest which is Russ Hayworth and he's on the other end of the mic for a change. Welcome (laughs) Russ.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And today we're going to be discussing ownership philosophy and what it what that means for the strategy of the business and how discussing and articulating this philosophy can help with succession. But before we jump into that I'm going to let Russ introduce himself. And tell us a little bit about what he does, other than hosting his fabulous podcast.
1: Uh, thank you. So, yeah, my name's um, Ross Hayworth. I'm a family business advisor. So I work with family businesses to help them have the discussions that can sometimes be a bit taboo, uh, can be difficult to start, um, can create conflict and tension. Um, so I, I kind of provide the... Um, the facilitation for for those discussions um i as you say also host a podcast which is called the family business podcast um, which uh, you have been on as well which um it's it's always difficult being the other side of the microphone i'm not used to it it's yeah i'm used to being the one that asks the questions rather than answer them
0: Yes, yeah, so I, I know exactly what you mean. And I'm having fun because today I get to put you in the hot seat.
1: <laughs> Excellent.
0: So let's talk about ownership philosophy. Firstly, what is ownership philosophy?
1: So the, the way I explain ownership philosophy is
2: what uh,
1: as an individual as a family, what does ownership mean to you? Mm-hmm. Why are you owning this business? And it then sort of poses the question as to why the business exists in the first place. Now, very often businesses are founded out of a a passion, a drive of either an individual or group of individuals. And so the reason that the business exists for them is for it to help them fulfil that passion, that drive, to provide a solution to a problem that they have seen other people to, to have. But it can also mean lots of different things for the founders' lifestyles as well. So I want I want to set up my own business so I have freedom over what I do and when I do it. Um, those kind of of freedoms that come from um, owning your own business, but, but that can often then get lost when the business takes over and operating the business and running it and all the stuff that we have to juggle as business owners just to keep things going.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Our reason for owning it and our reason for existing can sometimes get lost because we're bogged down in the day to day stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think having um, an ownership philosophy of this business exists to do this and I own it because of this, mm-hmm. it's kind of like your North Star, it's kind of like the, your reason for being, your your purpose derives from um, why you own that business in the first place.
0: Okay. And so just thinking of that and taking that it obviously then automatically answers the question what it means for the strategy of business because when you have a north star you have something that is guiding what you want to do with with the business but uh-huh. how does this impact the family as well
1: uh-huh. So um, let's take an example of a business that um, the family has said the reason it exists is to firstly provide um, opportunity for for anybody within the family who wants to work within the business. As an example, Mm -hmm. we want to have a positive impact on our environment, local and and global, and we want to have a, a good community support that's what ownership means to us is we're giving back to our local community we're providing opportunity and we are um, having a positive impact on the climate when you look at the strategy for the for a business Mm -hmm. and that strategy isn't then going to be we need to make as much profit as possible and not give any consideration to whether there's an environmental impact or a negative impact on our community so the two synchronizing that when you're set um, deciding the strategy and it's important because as um families grow
2: mm-hmm.
1: and as family businesses grow it might be that people from outside of the family are brought in to make strategic decisions about the business mm-hmm. so if they're guided by the fact that the family understand what they're owning that business for what impact they want to have with that business it helps the people that are setting that strategic direction to do that
2: mm-hmm.
1: because they know we need a strategy that means we have a positive impact on our local community and we don't negatively impact the um global climate in in that example
0: so would you say that ownership philosophy is similar to the values of the family or the values of the business or does it impact on or guide the values
1: i i think they they are intertwined okay so i think the the values will will drive why it's important for the business to have a positive impact on the community. As an example,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, th- there are examples of the the only reason this business exists is to make profit. It could that could be why the business exists, and that's your ownership philosophy. Mm-hmm. I want to maximise the financial return from this business as my ownership philosophy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But that that is driven from our personal values. Mm-hmm if we're the the starting um, founder of that business Mm -hmm. but if we're bringing other family members into that fold so next generation or Mm -hmm. perhaps uh, brothers sisters aunts uncles bringing Mm -hmm. them into that having an alignment around that purpose it is important to ensure that there's the continuity in the business because if one person is there purely to maximize profit Mm -hmm. and the other person is there because they want to have a positive impact on their local community Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and the two contradict each other, if they haven't had that discussion at the outset, it creates issues later on. Mm. And so if we're talking about the ownership philosophy as part of succession, as an example, Mm -hmm. if it's the next generation who are coming in and looking at, do I want to be an owner of this business? To me, it makes sense to have discussions around, well, what does owning the business mean? what does it represent what are your responsibilities as an owner Mm -hmm. in order to to help people make the decision as to whether they want to be an owner of the business or not
0: Mm. and thinking of ownership philosophy I'm thinking of myself as a business owner before even thinking of myself as an advisor Uh as a business owner I started my business out small business um, trying to add um, a few pennies in our pockets so that we can live a better life. And the thing is, it's not the first thing you think of. Ownership philosophy is not the first thing you think of. The first thing most people think of when they're going into business is either. In fact, there's two things. Those people who go into business thinking I want to change the world, my product or my service is going to make a huge difference. Uh Then you have those people who go into business thinking, um, I'd, I'd like to make an extra income. And I think I can do this well enough to be able to do it better than my competitors, or I can add value that my competitors aren't giving and be able to grow this business and make it something successful. However, that discussion of ownership philosophy is not something that is that happens at the beginning. Am I right? It's not something that people think of or think What is it that
1: I'm doing? So so my views on this is it's probably it's within you. So so there's a reason why in terms of, so you mentioned about the the extra pennies in your pocket, Mm -hmm. there are other ways to do that than setting up your own business.
2: True.
1: So whilst that is a reason for you to have your own business, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: my guess is also you have a passion for being able to help the people that you help through that business. Mm -hmm. So you could theoretically go and apply for a job doing that,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: that results in the extra pennies on that side.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: there'll be something else that that means that the appeal of owning a business is is possibly likely to outweigh what how you could do that elsewhere.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: for, for me, I, I own my own business, and you're right, in terms of I haven't got an articulated and documented ownership philosophy
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I know why I have my own business as opposed to working for another business
2: mm-hmm. and it's
1: the ability to be able to that's how I believe I will be able to have the most positive impact on other people is through my own business where I can work in the way that I want to work rather than have it dictated by a process or system or a huge um, organization if if we're looking at um, sort of alternatives to that. But I haven't written down somewhere Russ's ownership philosophy is. It's yeah. inherent. Uh-huh. Where I think it becomes important is when I'm looking to if I'm looking to pass ownership on to somebody else
2: mm-hmm.
1: is what what is, is why do they want to own a business and why do I want to own a business? And are they aligned? Because mm-hmm. if we're passing a family business down, and my kids are um, eight and six, so they're a bit young to be talking about whether they want to, to come into the business or not, that, that can wait for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But but if they do, and I say to them, what, what does ownership mean to you as an individual? And we have a discussion around what that means.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, if they're coming in and going, well, I want to own the business because I want to take as much money out of it as possible and do no work and um, just sit and enjoy the lifestyle that it can bring for me I might think well actually I, that doesn't align with why I own the business that mm-hmm. does it, it are you the right owner for this business if it's something that we want to continue based on our values as a family are you the right person to to be owning that going forward and they can be really difficult discussions because again looking at succession in in particular when we look at succession it tends to get lumped all together Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but we're talking about ownership succession management succession and leadership succession Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and it might be that you're the right person to own the business but not necessarily the right person to lead or manage that business going forward Mm -hmm. and the ownership philosophy then becomes we want it to be somewhere where family is given an opportunity if they want to Mm -hmm. and a route to ownership if they can demonstrate that they are the right people to own the shares in that business
0: Mm.
1: and then you can start designing the processes in order to get to that point.
0: Mm. I like how you said there's um, ownership leadership and management and all these three things you have to really ask when it comes to succession planning is this the right person to own the business? Is this the right person to lead the business? And is this the right person to manage the business?
2: Uh-huh.
0: And so at what stage do you think, like, I think you mentioned that when you're thinking of passing on the business, would it would be a good idea to be clear about what the ownership philosophy is. But can it be done any earlier than that? Can it be something that can be, Um, instilled like values or encouraged so um, to the next gen so they get an understanding on why we do this or why mom and dad wake up in the morning every morning and make sure that all these people have a job and Mm -hmm. that they're providing goods and services for people because obviously as children are growing up as young as your kids may be they see you working. They see you getting into the grind and and making that effort. So when is it necessary to start passing on this knowledge of why this is important to us mm-hmm. as a family or to me as an owner?
1: Yeah, I think um, that the example you use there, where the kids are growing up in the same household as the person that set up the business. Mm-hmm they're like because they're growing up in that same household and they have however many years living at home in that family union that, that family system they're more likely in my view i've got no science to back this up but that they're more likely in my view to share similar value sets to the founder because they're close they're they're family members and, and they they've grown up in that environment so first to second generation are, are probably going to have broadly similar Values. Now, that's not always the case, and people can disagree on uh, very fundamental things, mm-hmm. and yet still be uh, in a, a loving family. The political um, debate, for example, uh, we're seeing at the moment in America that um, there's a, a divided nation there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I, I think in terms of families who are um, that first or second generation when they're growing up together, mm-hmm. um, it is likely to share those values. So it, if... Um, kids are growing up and are being kind of taken into the business at weekends and are they will by osmosis pick up the reasons that those businesses exist mm-hmm. at the point where perhaps and it's usually earlier than most people think when it comes to succession but at the point where succession should be raised um, it, it should be and, and i think what this virus may have, have taught us slightly is that um, business continuity planning is something that should be um, on most businesses' agendas, because uh, we don't know how where the next level of disruption is going to come from. Mm-hmm. And if you consider succession as just a, another version of continuity planning
2: mm-hmm. in
1: that we're dealing with what happens if the current owner either isn't there or doesn't want to be there anymore or how, how we deal with that, because the reality of it is that will be dealt with at some stage,
0: mm-hmm.
1: whether it's planned or unplanned.
0: Yes. So having
1: a plan around it is, is is more sensible. And then having those discussions about what it means. And they, they don't necessarily have to be formally documented. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, I think, an important element of the discussions around why are we doing this together?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because there's a huge amount of reward, huge amount of satisfaction that can come from working with your family. But there's also a huge number of challenges. Mm -hmm. and you're kind of doing it voluntarily so understanding why means that when times get tough you can go well we know times are tough we we're still drawn together because we're in this for the right reasons
0: Mm. and how important is it to to actually define ownership to the next generation because it's one of those assumptions that if dad owns the business naturally I will own the business after him, or it will be passed on. And in, in some cases, the next generation are not the right leaders, neither are the right, are they the right managers. And uh-huh. so how important is having that discussion where you get them to understand the difference between ownership and management yeah. and even leadership itself of a business?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I I think firstly in terms of the ownership side of things Mm -hmm. there are obligations as an owner of a business there are responsibilities that are set down by whatever jurisdiction that you're living in so here in the UK we have director's duties we have responsibilities that we have to fulfill as a business owner Mm -hmm. so there's a fundamental level Mm -hmm. there needs to be some understanding as to what ownership means from that Mm -hmm. perspective. But also there's a responsibility, a moral responsibility that comes with ownership, particularly if you're then in charge of an organisation where there's other people's livelihoods uh, at stake, that there's kind of this moral obligation to be a responsible owner from that perspective.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that goes beyond the minimum legal requirement that goes goes to um, helping to, to set that um agenda for whoever's setting the strategy and it could be the same thing so that that then comes on to the management or leadership of that business mm-hmm. is owning it is one thing
2: mm-hmm.
1: but leading it in a way that helps fulfill why that business exists is another thing And they can be two separate skill sets mm-hmm. and it it may be that as you say the the person that owns a business is not the right person to manage it mm-hmm. but their role as a responsible owner is therefore to say I'm not the right person to, to run this business. I'm going to use my role as an owner to bring in the best person or people to run that business, Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. because
1: then it helps to fulfill. Why does that, why that business exists and why do I own it? I own it because I understand that I'm not the right person to run it, but Mm -hmm. I want to be able to um, have an element of control over what the business does. Mm
0: -hmm. And going back to why does the business exist and, um, the the whole philosophy around it does there have to be one reason it exists or there could be multiple philosophies on why the business exists that gel together or melt together to basically represent the ownership philosophy
1: I think, again, when it comes to it depends on what stage the, the family business is in its own life cycle, whether it's a, a founder business or whether it's second generation, third or, or beyond.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but, but again, taking the uh, example of my own business, I know why my own business exists in terms of, of the um, reasons that it's set up and I'm not employed doing it um, mm-hmm. somewhere else. And that that to me um, dictates why um the the business uh, exists as it does but but it also comes with other benefits that perhaps weren't the core of why I set the business up in the first place mm-hmm. and I think over time as as second and third generations come into the fold as well and I'm not talking about my business now because I don't want to put that uh pressure on my kids if they ever listen to this that they're thinking oh my god I don't want to be doing that Dad. um <laughs> But but in terms of the generational side, is that the next generation may then come and go. Well, it's great that you wanted this business to exist in order to provide opportunity for us as your um, children or, or relatives,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: that you wanted to have a positive impact on the climate and your local community. Mm. But we also think that this is really important as owners, and this mm-hmm. we think this is really important, and and it evolves over time because mm. it's not it's not like this point in time where you draw a line in the sand and go this is why this business exists Mm -hmm. and it can never vary from that that's one of the beauties of being able to own a business is you can adapt Mm -hmm. you're not answerable to faceless shareholders who are just interested in a dividend or a a financial return you are able to shape it to adapt to what we're seeing in the world today
0: Mm -hmm. and Um, i'm just thinking i had um a conversation earlier with um Somebody we were discussing about how our generation being the next generation is very much about mindfulness and very much about having purpose in everything that we do and what we build is is the ownership philosophy something that has always been there or is it something that is becoming more apparent now with this generation because we're so conscious about the impact that we want to make in the world around us.
1: Yeah, I, I think as a generation, this is a big sweeping statement. And again, there's always exceptions to this. But as a, yeah. as a generation, I think we're far more comfortable talking about how we are fulfilled in life and mm-hmm. how how we are, What what do we need to have in our life in order to to feel fulfilled if we look at the generation before
2: mm-hmm.
1: it, it could be that the how they felt fulfilled is simply providing a living for their family
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and so it was about I need to make as much money as possible in order to provide the life I want for my family
2: mm-hmm.
1: the next generation that are coming through are thinking well actually I want to be able to have a more uh, let's take climate as a, as an example I want to have a more positive impact on climate because that's a big threat to the future of our planet
2: mm-hmm.
1: as a generation I think we feel far more comfortable talking about that
2: mm-hmm.
1: and having that as a reason and as, as a sense of purpose over and above the uh, reasons that perhaps the business was established in the first place by Previous generations, and I'd, I'd caveat that with that is a sweeping generalization.
0: <laughs> yes, and I'm, yes. I'm
1: trying not to tar everyone with the same brush on that.
0: Yes, and I'm, I'm just um, hearing that and agreeing with what you're saying. I'm also thinking that it also goes back to having that conversation between generations, and also um, initially, like is like we we're implying it could have been when the business started. The ownership philosophy was. Let me create a better life for my children. But also, mm-hmm. we can't negate the fact that in walking the business journey and building the business, and also seeing the worlds around them evolve, you have so many other things that started weighing into the philosophy or the reasoning for the business to be to be there. And then couple that with um, the handing over to another generation, you have that. Blending together, and probably really honing in and really identifying what the the family and the business's ownership philosophy is.
1: Yeah, um, and I'm going to steal a phrase from somebody here, and I I can't for the life of me remember who said it, but if they're listening and it's yours, then I I'm crediting you. <laughs> um, but but there's a couple of questions that can be asked when we're looking at uh, family businesses is. Mm-hmm. What is the benefit to this business
2: mm-hmm. of
1: this family owning it? Mm-hmm. And as a family, it's quite interesting to ask that question. So what do we bring as a family to this business that other people can't bring?
0: Excellent question.
1: The, the follow up question on that is how do we as a family benefit from owning this business?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you ask those questions and you say, how do, how do we benefit the business by it being our family that owns it? And you go, I, I can't answer that. I, I don't know what the answer is. And then we go, okay, well, let, let's move on to the next one and go, how do we as a family benefit? Well, we don't because we argue all the time and it's not getting us any money. It's doing. It. All of a sudden you think, well, why do we own this thing? Mm-hmm. Now, it's unlikely that those are going to be the two answers that you get. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying, well, how does the business benefit? Well, because we're able to draw from different members of the, the family's skills and passions and drive in order to make this a success, we're willing to work harder than any other owner is, is willing to work and we can we can pour our family values into this business and, and it's hugely beneficial to that business to do so etc etc and what do we gain out of it well we gain the fact that we can work together we gain the fact that we can derive a lifestyle for ourselves Mm -hmm. Um, we gain from the fact that it's able to create wealth that means we don't have to feel tied to the business Mm -hmm. we don't have to work in that business we can use the wealth that it creates to enable us to go and follow what our own dreams and passions are and we've got the frameworks in place in order to help deliver that Mm. again there aren't going to be a huge number of family businesses listening perhaps that would have that extreme version at at that end but it's that that's what those questions prompt is it's that kind of thinking around why are we doing this what benefit is it to us and what benefit is it to the business itself
0: Mm -hmm. and I think at the end of the day having those two questions in front of you helps you really navigate even when you are tackling family governance because family governance is looking at how do we communicate with each other and how would you really like to relate and communicate with each other going forward so it would be essential to then understand how do we communicate with each other in reference to the business that we have and why did we start this business and what value does it add to our family? And I think it's Uh one of those things where it's almost like you're putting a hand in a glove and you get that fit.
1: Uh And I think as well, it's about helping to manage expectations. Uh Because if a business has been founded, oftentimes it can be established before children are born. So it's it's a constant in the children's lives Uh and it's as important to the parents um, as their children in their lives.
2: Mm.
1: And the expectation is from the parents' perspective, well of course this will pass on to the next generation. Why wouldn't they want what it's helped me to to get out of life? Mm-hmm. And if those discussions are kind of put off until mum or dad are in their 60s or 70s and are looking at their options of succession and the kids are kind of going, I don't know how to tell this person that it's not my dream to to own a widget factory or to, to do whatever it is that the, the business is doing. Mm-hmm. The pressure that that puts on each of those parties is huge mm-hmm. because the parents are there going, when are we going to be able to pass it over? Or actually, do I ever want to pass it over because it's my identity and my purpose?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You've got the next gen going, I don't want to work in this business. It's not something that excites me or, or motivates me. And if that discussion comes at a point where there's stress and strain anyway, because you're looking at a succession element, that that can be a recipe um, for for tension and, and for fallout. Mm. Whereas if the discussions are, are held over a longer period and are focused on this is what I want out of my life, that mm-hmm. this is I my purpose is fulfilled by volunteering or by traveling the world or whatever the the vision is for, for that uh, younger generation and us not pinning the success of that family business on its ability to pass ownership or management to one generation to the next
2: mm-hmm.
1: we can we can get more fulfilled lives each of us can get more fulfilled lives as a result which to me as as a parent that's what I want for my kids I want my kids to have the best possible life for them and whatever I can do to help create that doesn't matter if they own the same business I've set up. It doesn't matter if they work in that business that I've set up. Mm -hmm. If they want to, great. If they don't, great. Um, I don't, I don't think they would to to be honest. Um, but, but the the point is that mismanagement of expectations can often be where the tension comes because neither party has articulated what they actually, um, want for, um, the the other.
0: And um, it's, it's always very important to, to manage expectations as well as to communicate and listen as much as we are speaking. Like I always say to, to my kids, you have two ears and one mouth. So you, you should speak less than you listen because obviously you have more listening capacity than speaking capacity. And um, as you speak, be mindful. Because the, the next person is listening, and they're impacted by what we're saying to them and how we're saying it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and at the end of the day, in a family business, your family, by nature, your family.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so you, you should be able to have the discussions of, this is what I want out of life and this, this is what I want to, to get out of the fact we own this family business.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and if we stopped, Um, our our mini obsession with in order to be a success as a family business you have to pass this to the next generation that's what success is is measured by Mm. Um, you you can turn your family business into a business family and then a a family enterprise where each person is utilizing the success of what's happened with the perhaps the original business to follow their own passions so it might be that they don't want to go and work in the widget factory and own the widget factory, but by having the um, benefits of that ownership, they're able to go and follow their own dreams yes. and bring people in to run and manage that business who are there because they want to be, not because they share the surname of the person that set it up. Absolutely. Um, th- there's also um, uh, somebody who believes it. it it's uh, – I don't know how common a the- – um, A viewpoint this is in in terms of ownership but giving away a family business so passing on shares without having to pay for it
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um it it creates the wrong relationship as an owner Mm. um if you if you buy something you you need to see value in what you're buying whereas if you're Mm. given something it doesn't necessarily have the same um impact Mm. and so simply saying uh, again as a next generation I'm entitled to own this business because dad or mum owns this business. Mm -hmm. If it's the founder, they would have put a huge amount of blood, sweat and tears into that and invested their capital into that. They might not have paid anything for the shares, but they've created that value through their um, hard work and sacrifices. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And to simply just give that to the next generation can create, uh, again, this tension between, are you really going to look after this as much as you would if you put as much work in or as yeah uh, some some cash in the pot Um, so that there's some some thoughts around that as well Um,
0: and that's a very powerful thought that's a very powerful thought because I think the general understanding with most people is that you pass your shares on and um, they your your children automatically become owners and so the discussion behind um, even when you look at the three circle model where there's the owners that are employees of the business and sometimes family members. So your children might work for the company and their owners, but um, those will have put in that effort and have added onto the building of, of the company. But Mm -hmm. what about those children who are not employees of the business, but just automatically become owners? They all of a sudden have um, this access to um, resources. They may Have not worked hard for or put Uh any um, financial skin in the game. Yeah. Wow. Such an interesting thought. Thank you so so much, Russ, for joining me today. No problem at all. Pleasure. uh, And just uh, sharing your thoughts on ownership philosophy and getting us to open up our minds and understand better why we set up our businesses and um, start having that internal conversation when you are still a small business. And if you're a bigger business, start amplifying the message of what is the ownership philosophy of our business. Uh Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank
1: you. (music)